Hi, this is Pamela Debar, and you are listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Pantheon Podcasts presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and welcome to the devil's music, a Pantheon podcast. I'm a rock and roll witch from Hollywood, California. My obsession with music and the occult started at the age of 12 and is still going strong. During the 70s, I was one of the first punks in Los Angeles. I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go and had a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to writing a rock and roll gossip column in the LA Weekly, which in turn led me to writing for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s through the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've been a professional dancer who's toured around the globe teaching and performing. And you've probably seen me dancing in a number of music videos, feature films, and documentaries. I'm also an actor with several film credits. Find out more about me at PleasantGaiman.com. I'm really excited to be a part of the Pantheon podcast network of rock and roll shows. Everyone at Pantheon tells spectacular stories about the music we love so much, each one with a different twist. Find them all at pantheonpodcast.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Pandora, hell, I just had to say that, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what we're doing here, head on over to PantheonPodcast.com and share a show with a friend, or I'll put a spell on you. Kidding. This is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music. Today, my guests are the lovely, legendary women of Backstage Pass. They were not only a band, they were groupie legends in the 70s, and still on into today because of social media. So the stories you are going to hear are wild and explicit. I know you weren't expecting that. I know that you think this is a clean-cut nice upstanding family-friendly podcast and if that's what you think you can turn it off now hi ladies how are you Hi-ya. doing Hello. Hey, Hello. 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 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, so nice to be here. Boy, how explicit can we get? (laughs) (laughs) Can we tell all our stories? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. So why don't we first off introduce you guys so everyone in podcast land can um, recognize your voices as I'm sure we're all going to be talking over each other at points. (laughs) So this is Jenny Shore. Hi. I'm Jenny. Whoops, sorry. See, we already started talking. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Jenny. And this is Spock. Hi, everybody. And this is Marina Del Rey. Hi there. So nice to see you all here. I mean, hear you all here. (laughs) Here, here. (laughs) Um, So we've known each other since like the mid to late 70s, but I honestly cannot remember how all of us met. I mean, I know it was all over the um, sort of underground, post, post glam rock, barely into punk rock, like sort of um, gray area that was going on in Hollywood. But um, I just remember you guys were always ubiquitous and we were always hanging out like, you know, on the rooftop of the Continental Riot House or at the Starwood or at crazy fucking like, you know, after parties or at the mask. But like, do any of you guys remember, why don't you tell everyone how you guys met and then like, remind me how, how we all met. (laughs) Marina, I think that's your call, Marina, for us. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I knew Spock before Backstage Pass started. I moved to England to go to school in sort of the early to mid 70s. And Spock's sister said, you got to talk to my sister. She'll hook you up with all the bands when you get there. So I called her and she um, gave me all of the managers phone numbers and stuff so I could get into any show. But um, when Backstage Pass sort of burst into reality, came out of its mother's canal of the Rainbow Bar and Grill, um, and Spock was like the first person I thought who should be in the band with me. And um, so... Even though I could not play an instrument. <laughs> yeah, but you said you would learn. You like Paul McCartney enough to learn the bass. That is correct. That and is correct. So- Beam me because you couldn't beam up into just learning a, a, a <laughs> an instrument. I have to that is say, correct. Spock's name is Spock because, like, I never saw her without Spock ears. And right well, now, while we're on Zoom, her hair is covering them. So I don't know if she's still wearing them. Like, I'm still wearing off cough years later. But let me tell you the reason I'm called Spock. Do I have a second to do this pleasant? Fuck yeah. Okay. So the dam came to town and we can back up and go over that later. But the dam came to town and I was uh, rat was hanging out with me and we went to the whiskey one night, me and rat and Vanian looked at me and said to rat rat. She even looks like Spock. And that's how I got the name Spock. <laughs> oh, great. Stuck forever. So we but- had. An yeah. original guitar player in the band, a couple of them. But then um, I <laughs> met Jenny at a Dr. Feelgood show, right, Jen? Is yeah. that right? And we were um, we needed a, another guitar player to step in. And uh, 
Jenny all of a sudden was my roommate and the guitar player. And truth be told, she was kind of like the little sister I never had. And I don't know if that was a good thing. You never wanted. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like at 21, I adopted a child, a full grown child. (laughs) Yes, like a Hollywood runaway because my, my mom passed away when I was 17 and I ran away to Hollywood. And I somehow wound up at the Starwood. But then, Marina, you turned to to Rodney Bingenheimer uh, at the Rainbow and said, we just started an all-girl band and we're we're called Backstage Pass. Yeah, and the next week. Wait, had you thought of the name or was that, did that just fall out of your mouth? It just fell out of my mouth, probably with a bite of pizza. (laughs) <laughs> and so um, Rodney wrote it up in the next issue of Phonograph Ma- Record Magazine that he had a column in every week. And then Sounds in England picked it up. And we were there, too. And we haven't started playing yet. Yeah, I was gonna... We're getting written up all over us, this new girl band in L.A. And this groupie band, <clears throat> as a lot of people know. So I, I'm not going to divert too far, but when those articles came out, the tables started to turn and bands that would come to LA were all expecting to meet the girls and backstage pass. So, so, you know, we kind of had it laid out for us before they got to hear that. We had an intro to meet the bands that were rolling into town. But eventually we knew we had to face the music and actually learn to play. And, and so we did. I think, and wait, yeah, what but, year was this? What year was 76. it? 76. So see, that's when I think that I met you guys in 76 because I already knew that you were backstage pass. And, um, <laughs> but I think that I also had seen some of you guys at places that are long gone and like a lot forgotten, like places in in Hollywood or LA, like um, remember the cabaret on La Cienega that was yeah. oh, absolutely yeah. yeah, like that place was so rad and almost no one ever talks about it. Um, you know, wait, like- wasn't was the cabaret a building that was on that sort of triangular thing? Yeah, or that- and it had the big like whale mouth that you walked into because yes. it used to be oh, a wow. restaurant. But yeah, and K Rock was having nights there. But this was oh, when yes. K Rock was still like a pirate radio yes. station. Yes, yeah, like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the KROQ. It turned out to be, <clears throat> you know, in later and then- years. Pleasant. I I feel like I met you or hung out with you the most when Blondie was in town. Definitely. And, that uh, was like seventy seven. Right? Yeah, yeah, that, that was definitely the after Bel-Air, the Bel Air Sands Hotel, and I was yeah. hanging well, out with actually, Jerry that Valentine. That was seventy six, I think, at the Bel. Or no, the Venus and the Razor Blades was seventy six, but um, yeah, Blondie was there in seventy seven. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, it's all like a seventies blur because it's not like any of us were like drunk and on drugs. No, I have to ask you. <laughs> I have to ask you guys a question. Can I swear? <laughs> Okay, wait. Clearly, you haven't listened to this podcast. (laughs) Wait a minute. Listen, how the fuck do you guys remember the actual year of any of this shit? I remember so much. I kept diaries. My diaries are like, wow. My my diaries are my retirement plan, but that means I got to start. I am so (laughs) impressed. I don't know what year it is now. I am so fucking impressed. (laughs) 
Okay, let's move on. So I had a good memory. <laughs> wow. I feel like I remember tons of it, but I have my 1977 diary and, you know, and there was like all the kind of punk stuff, but then it's like hung out at Richie Blackmore's again tonight. I don't know what that's up about. He makes me call him Uncle Donald. <laughs> well, that's fucking scary shit. That is scary as shit. So I went out with him too. Uh, uh, wait a minute you wait a minute wait a minute back up wait a minute wait no, i want to find out why me. why wait why did he make you <laughs> i mean let's let's not gloss that over please <laughs> okay this is for real richie was convinced that i was his niece in a past life we did took him, him? We took his I did. <laughs> I you did. have to call him Uncle Donald, too? Yeah. <laughs> Talk to him. I don't remember talking. <laughs> <laughs> Who in this room did not sleep with Richie Blackmore? I did. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who else have a lot of this slept with? That's Costello, when we opened up for, I, well, I know. I did. When we opened up for, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> when we opened up for Elvis Costello at the Whiskey, uh, when uh, we came off stage, there was two sets because it used to be two sets a night at the Whiskey, and he came off and he said, "You play really well," and I was like, "Yeah, thanks." And then he was like you want to go? Uh, he goes, I hate trees. And I was like, yeah, I do too. He was like, do you want to go kill someone? I'm like, yeah. Let's <laughs> do it. And then line. we all stayed at Marita's parents' house. <laughs> we parents all, were out of town. Yes. That's where I made everybody toasted cheese sandwiches the entire Elvis Costello. <laughs> we're, we're like at my parents' house and Elvis is on his knees <clears throat> talking about the opulence about my parents' home. And it's not like I was raised in Windsor Castle, honestly. It's, you know, it's a nice Beverly <clears throat> house, but it was hysterical. But yeah. he couldn't get Jenny up the stairs fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> And all of those like um, stiff records boys, which I mean, now I'm starting to get an idea why it was called that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when there was, we met there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, let's say fraternizing between like a lot of the yes. people, uh, you know, the UK people from stiff and all the girls in LA. 
Yes. Wait, how many yeah. people here slept with Nick Lowe? <laughs> I didn't, but but when he re- when he called his album Bowie, I did want to. <laughs> Wait a minute, Marina, didn't you? With Nick? No, I didn't. I'm it. What? Am oh, I the he- only one? No, I did. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking. Wait a Okay, I'm gonna ask a question. How many people here have slept with Jake? But when we let me just back up when we when we were at that Dr. Feelgood show at the Starwood, Jake was not Jake Riviera yet, and he was their tour manager. And, and we he was a pretty angry, angry person. I know. He was he was when I met him, he was kicking in a rent-a-car with his cockroach. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Right, and eat then, my records. Oh, yeah. So then uh, when uh, he started uh, Stiff Records and we had to answer our phone, Stiff Records, hello, Stiff Records. He, he stayed with us uh, a couple of times, but he brought, he was the, he he brought the damned here. They were the first punk. Yeah, band. I know that was that was um, April sixteenth and seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven. Wow. I know that because that was the wow. first night yeah. I stayed out That's all awesome night. Yeah, and I when I bought Pleasant, that was the first night you ever stayed out all night. Yeah, because I was like I was like sixteen. Oh my god, wow. that's so awesome! And that and <clears throat> I was just so like, the girl that drove me there was like. She's like, okay, we have to go home. We have school tomorrow. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going home. And she was like, well, I'm leaving now. And I said, bye. That's awesome. That is brilliant. Well, the dam got kicked <clears throat> off the television tour, that band television for upstaging. And then Jake was scrambling to get them a gig, which was at the Starwood and accommodations. So uh, wait, Rita, you'll tell the story about Captain, but Rat stayed with Spock, and then Brian um, stayed, stayed with, with you. Jake and stayed with Jake me. Stayed with you, and then. But how did you meet Captain Sensible, Marina? Well, I was in the shower at our apartment, <laughs> and I used to bring you know the landline princess phone. I used to bring it into the bathroom because, of course, people called while you were in the shower. And the phone rings, and all of a sudden I hear this guy, got this voice, this male English voice go, no worries, I got it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And Sensible, like, opens the door, opens the shower to get the phone. That's <laughs> Captain Sensible. <laughs> it was like, really? You're in my house, and I don't know who you are, but you haven't killed me yet, so it's okay. <laughs> Wait, plus I think I have a picture of you sitting on Brian James, my guy's lap. Oh, good. Well, I, never, I never slept with him. I didn't sleep with anybody from the dam, but also just to get you guys all jealous again, since you're so <laughs> resentful about that. No, I, you got to send me that, <laughs> that picture. Um, I also, um, I made a homemade damned t-shirt. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and I wore it, you know, is exactly that that sort of shattered damn logo. And I, I yeah. painted it on the t-shirt because I didn't know how to silk screen and I wore it to the club that, that night to the Starwood. And that wasn't the first night I'd stayed out all night. I mean, technically, <laughs> but it was because it was the first time I didn't know where I was gonna stay. 
You know what I mean? Like I didn't know if I was going to wind up at the Tropicana or at somebody's right. house or in a hotel yeah. room somewhere else, you know? But um, <clears throat> so the minute I walked into backstage, which also at the Starwood, I was 16. I used to tell my mom, can I go to the, to the whiskey or the Starwood? And she'd say no. And then I'd put on all my makeup and grab like some school books for the next day, just in case I wound up at someone else's house. And then I go, I'm going to go to the library, mom. And she'd say, okay. And I'd hitchhike up to, to sunset or to, to the Harvard. And I beg your mom. Thinking, yeah. But so um, the minute I walked into a backstage, I parked my books at the VIP bar and went into the dressing room swing <laughs> jam shirt. Like and the, the first thing Captain Sensible did was go up to me and go, wow, nice shirt. And, and then I was like, will you sign it? And he said, sure. And then he started holding onto my boobs to sign it. And there, there's a, a picture of that. I, I should yeah. get that out as part of our podcast. Totally. <laughs> that's so, that's but so I mean, funny. if I would have slept with anyone in the damned, it would have been... Um, you know, like Dave Vanian. Vanian. I was in yeah. love with him, but he was staying Ooh. at the Wilton Hilton with the Screamers. No, I know. And that I was also obsessed with the Screamers and I was there all the time. Like they, they yeah. were the ones that taught me how to screen telephone calls on Lambay, which was a necessary, <clears throat> totally necessary skill to have because like there weren't even like answering machines yet. Or maybe there were, but only yeah. people had them. <laughs> There's some really good crotch shots of me, like taken at the Wilton Hilton with the screamers that were in the in Slash magazine. I oh still my God. have those pictures. They were kind of brilliant. <laughs> I think they were um, uh, uh, Melanie Nissen. Yes. Yeah. She, has a, she has a book that's going to be coming out yep. with some pictures <clears throat> of me in that from the Wilton Hilton that I had never seen before. It's coming out soon. Isn't it yeah. so weird when you see photos from like 45 yeah. years ago and you've No, none of us are that before. old. <laughs> no, I no, we're not just... old. We're sitting here looking exactly like we did when we were um, <clears throat> we'd wake up on the pool of the Tropicana on a lounge with our underwear off. No. <laughs> what was it like going out with rat scabies? And I think we should all be getting to go on their reunion tour, by the way. But what well, was it I'm, like? It, uh, it was kind of, I hate to do this to rat, but it was kind of lovely. <laughs> he was, I mean, because it was before people knew how to be assholes, I think. He was really <laughs> sweet. He was a. Uh, he must. Uh, what did he stay for a week? You think, Chan? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. You were. You lived on. Um, where did she live? On Highland. Highland. McCadden Place. You lived on McCadden Place, and also Holly Vincent lived there too. <clears throat> and uh, he was just good company. I mean, he was. Yeah, you guys was, were so cute together. I remember oh. you at the Rhino Records, uh, okay. the That's Damned right. in store. He was good because, fun. What yeah. about, were you guys at the Bomp in store? Uh, yeah, oh, that one. That, that, that one. one. That's what that I meant. Yeah. So that we're talking it. about Bomp <clears throat> Records, which was Greg Shaw's um, little record store in the Valley. And Kid Congo was um, one of the clerks there that worked there. And yeah, everybody in fucking Hollywood, every fucking punk person, <laughs> like glitter yeah, person. It was the best. Angeline walked in there. <clears throat> When that happened, and I rem and she had a band called Baby Blue at the time. Wow! And so she walked in in the middle. <clears throat> it had already started. Everyone had been pre-drinking all day too. I remember <laughs> it was a really hot day, 
And I went there with the germs. And actually, yeah. that was how I got them their first gig. Like I, the weirdos were there and they said they were playing with a band from San Diego called the Zeros. And I told um, the germs, are like, watch, like you guys should play at the show. And so I was talking to the weirdos and I was like, have the germs open, you know? And Peter Case had rented out the um, the Orpheum. Oh, theater. I remember that so yeah. well. And all the dance for the nerves. The, screamers. the nerves. Yeah. 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 So it was the nerves. It was before he had the plimsolls. But yeah, um, great lineup. Anyhow, then when when Angeline walked in, and I can't even do the math right now, but I think she <laughs> she might have been like in her late twenties or early thirties, and and she walked in and she had so much makeup on and this baby blue corset. I was like, wow, that lady's old. <laughs> but, but I remember saying that about people that were like twenty two then too, or like anytime I look at like Brendan Mullen or you know, people that we knew back then, like I, I used I used to think they were old men and now I look at pictures of them and they look like fucking like baby fresh faced fetuses. You know wait Spock, well, you went listen. out with Brendan. You went out with Brendan. I went out with Brendan. Yeah. Oh okay. God. Uh Marina, tell tell our story <clears throat> about the mask because it's pretty it's interesting. With someone else. I'm sorry, what? I was saying, tell our story about the mask, Marina. Yeah. Oh, no, I think what to what Pleasant said. But yeah, I mean, I will never know who it was, but Chaz Gray from Olivudo and I were eating lunch at a restaurant. We were fretting over the fact that we desperately needed a rehearsal space. And this girl at the next table learned leaned over and said, well, there's this Scottish guy who has this weird basement that he doesn't know what the fuck to do with. And <laughs> Hollywood, maybe you should go talk to him. Maybe you can like, <clears throat> so we went down there and I walked in and um, Brendan was sitting on that famous mattress in the room, just kind of, you know, doing Brendan's stuff. And we started talking and we were immediately sparring about uh, British avant-garde music and Cork Street artists and trying to blah, blah, one up each other. And then I cut to the chase and said, we need a rehearsal space. But he kind of was envisioning that space to be more like Warhol's factory at the time. We came up with this idea. We were going to, it was so filthy and fucked up. We wanted to invite everyone we knew to just paint it gray. And if you could survive that day, then you can come back and hang. But we never did that. Instead, um, he gave us permission to like build a space. And we did that. So we built the first room at that, that big rehearsal room at the mask. And then we moved to PA in it, and that was PA that kept getting taken out to do shows and then i guess wasn't there something like brendan needed me to be on the lease yeah so because yeah. he was scottish yeah. so you had to sign yeah. the lease i had to sign the lease and because i had enough money at the bank to prove i could cover <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> so marina helped the mask open thank That's you amazing. thank you yay let's take, let's take a little break here um and then we will come right back
inside of me It's kind of strange like a stormy sea I don't know why, I don't know why I guess these things have got to be I've got a new rose, I've got a good Yes, I knew that I always would I can't stop to mess around Okay, so How's it going? Here we are back again. Um, we were just talking about Marina being on the lease at the mask. The mask, for anyone who's listening, if you don't know what the mask was, it was the very first underground punk club in LA. And it was in a basement under the Pussycat Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. It was directly sort of across the street from the Canterbury Arms, which was where so many of the early LA punks lived. and. Um, like we're finding out stuff now <laughs> that like at least I didn't know. I didn't know that. I don't know if even, I can't even remember if Brendan wrote that in the book about the mask. He didn't want he did. to. No, <laughs> he didn't want to. Oh, he wanted to make it seem like it was all his. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan called me. Yeah, he didn't. He actually talked to me once and said, you don't need to move in on my story. And I said, Brendan, this is my story. Too, but how brilliant of him! Yeah, <laughs> he he, um, he didn't like that I had a stake in it and talked about it. He wanted me to just like go away, be quiet, and with all due respect to Brendan, rest in peace, my friend. It was just a weird thing to ask of me not to talk about my story, you know. But they also have had this like incredible phone booth there. And I used to call Clive Langer on a fake credit card. I was like, do you want to listen to us rehearse? And he was like, yeah. We had Maya. Like, right. That oh, was wait, the guy wait. from deaf school. Jenny, I, I, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> so I, I think we fake. all had that fake credit card. <laughs> no, there was a credit card going around that we all had. I had it. I think I might've gotten it from you actually. And I gave it to Belinda. And me and Belinda, used to, she used to call like Paul Simonon from The Clash. Yeah. And I would call like Billy Idol. And I was working at a fireworks stand and I would call like Levi when he was, uh, Levi Dexter, you know, yeah. we were going out with each other in London, like from the phone booth at the, at the fireworks stand. <laughs> Uh, that was like that was like the love line to the UK. Totally, <laughs> a lot of that was Miles Copeland's credit. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Miles. <laughs> At least you've done some some other good for the music industry. <laughs> yeah, That's so funny. Yeah, I met. Um, so, uh, I think I was across the street. You remember that? Like, uh, was sort of like a um, a lingerie shop across the street from the Starwood. Yeah, you know what that was? That was um, that was called Lily Saint, the underworld of yeah. Lily Saint Cyr. I stole an ashtray from there. It was <laughs> it was the stripper Lily Saint Cyr, the famous yeah. burlesque stripper. And it was there was always like these amazing old ladies you could tell were ex strippers, and they had really they had like great like old fifties dead stock springleaders, but they weren't thinking they were dead stock then, and and like right. pointy bras and stuff. I love yeah. that. Place. So cool. So I was there in front of that store and it was uh and then Clive Langer from Deaf School came out I was like I fucking hate your band and he was like and I was like do you want to be friends he was like yeah <laughs> and then, that's how so yeah we started like like a friendship and then that's and I usually call him friendship Wait, with Jen? air quotes 
can't wait. But wait, wait, wait. And then Jenny and I wrote a song about Clive. What was, what was that called? Oh. Was that Let Me Show You Love? Yeah, I think so. Or, or was that about Paul Gray from the... No, I thought it was that about Paul Gray Clyde Lang. Right. Yeah. I had a lot of guys I was... No, we, yeah, there, whatever with. the song is, it's about listening on the line and your girlfriend and stuff like that. Was that not Let Me Show You Love? I'm just I think that's about Paul Gray, but I'm not sure. Was it waiting around? I no, don't know. no. That's that's one we wrote a song about Banian called Transylvanian. <clears throat> no, that was Transylvanian. No, I think. Yeah. Let me show you. No, I'll keep thinking, ladies, and I'll get back to you. Okay. I think. Let me show anyone, you. Love right? is about Paul Gray from Eddie and the Hot Rods, who then now plays in the Damned. Yeah, and well, Jenny embroidered Jenny embroidered his name on her pillowcase. <laughs> Well, at least he didn't get it tattooed. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He, he still has my letters. So, I, I still have love letters from Brian Gregory from The Crown. Oh, oh that is so brilliant. That is so brilliant. He had, he, he wrote, he wrote, um, his, his handwriting was like a, a really fancy, like high school cheerleader handwriting. And he always Aww. called me kitten and princess. <laughs> But I also he was, had this like stationery that was um it completely was like obviously custom made, you know, and in those days printing was expensive. It had like pentagrams all around the border and stuff. Wow. Yeah. He was one one in a million. Oh my god, I know. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Well, I slept with two of the cramps. Um I mean I didn't <laughs> and I didn't have a band of, of other people that were um doing it at the same time but when i started having a band the scream and sirens we had pass around boys all all the time <laughs> of, and, and a lot of skateboarders like made their way through our van and our beds and a lot of like, yeah. but you know sex was so casual then we talk about we've talked about this before but it was kind of like it's what you did i mean it was you normal everyone fact, you know I'm going to explain this to the listeners just in case, because I know we have listeners of all ages. And we are so talking pre-AIDS. We're talking yeah. about when yeah. um, <clears throat> when um, STDs were called quote quote venereal disease. Like, um, <laughs> oh my God, when the go when the go goes, um, I was um, hanging out. Well, you know, like I've not. We've all known the go goes for like 45 years, but like. Yeah. When um, Belinda and Jane were getting like stuff out of their storage lockers, like Jane had her diary and we were reading it. And when she was seeing Terry from the specials, she's like, he's so uh, cute. I hope I don't get VD. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. anyway, so, so anyhow, yes, sex in the 70s was so much more different than it was here. I mean, first yeah. of all, there was no social media. So like people couldn't spy on you to find out who you were hooking up with. But also I think in those days, it was totally normal. I was actually just thinking about this last night and this might've been knowing I was gonna interview you girls today because I was thinking about in the olden days, it was just a given that you and all your friends would sleep with you and all your friends. Yes. I mean, everyone, it was like week to week or you'd like There's wake no up jealousy. in bed. And yeah well marina and i had this weird thing oh, yeah. where we okay i'm i actually really liked paul weller 
from the jam, but oh, yeah. his, his father just like snatched him away. And I was like, so Marina and I like, who are we with? Shared, who was it? Was it? Oh, Bruce, Bruce Fox. As I was also with the other guy, Rick Buckler, I guess. Oh, you was. were with Rick? Wait, you then, yeah, then I you was so the next day, I was supposed to interview them for, I think, Teen Magazine, because I worked at Teen. But Jenny and I were in this guy's <laughs> bed, and the manager comes in, right? I'm, like, freaking out. I'm going to lose my job, because he's going to see me, and now I'm Marina from Teen Magazine, right? <laughs> so we're, like, playing, hiding under the covers. This guy's, like, talking to his manager, pretending he's just on his own. I, I, I'll be up in a little while. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I also got in trouble for hanging out with Les McEwen, McKeon, however you pronounce his name, from the Bay City oh, Bowl. Yeah, I remember that. I remember he, that. He was supposed to be this, like, angel, and rest in peace, Les. He just... Split this moral coil as well. Yeah, but and he just passed, right? Yeah. Yes. But I have pictures at Disneyland with me in the Bay City Rollers, and I mean, but that's Wait, because wasn't of, there like a big deal like when at when we were at our apartment that that they went missing, or was that the babies? That was the babies, and I got wrapped into that thing between Mike Corby and his manager Adrian, and there's some like book that somebody made about that i that I, would probably be corby who i think is still pissed off that he got fired yeah no uh, but, but, years there's, later. but there's a guy who's like a big fan of theirs who put together like a whole study of that period but yeah, yeah the damn thing was pretty funny and i gotta say i think it was um i remember having a meal with one of those guys <laughs> and realizing they had like never read a book in their life. And it From was kind of, yeah. And it was a moment for me because I'm like, yeah, this guy's cute and he's in the jam, but it was like zip. That was like one of the only things that would ever turn me off. Like if someone was stupid or like didn't yeah, like yeah. to read or something. Totally, I mean, yeah. Anything. Yeah, I, I mean, you're a heroin addict. Great. Or that's you're okay. married and you've got two <laughs> mistresses. Fine. But like, you never read Clockwork Orange. I'm not going to fuck you. No. That's yeah. right. That is right. So, speaking of fucking geniuses. Okay. So the only weird thing I got during that a whole time was crabs from Brian Eno. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> wait a minute. Crabs wait a minute. Brian wait a minute. Eno. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Marina, you fucked Brian Eno? Yeah, you didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, I do oh, now. Wow, yeah, I used to listen to Marina, and the and we were living together, and so she was always like, chat, 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 chat. I'm like, what are they talking about so much? Because I was always <laughs> like, I didn't get it, you At know. It was Brian like, Eno read a book, yeah. Oh Maybe I went out with Dumbo's. I took him to the um, Hollywood Vampires baseball game. I took him to. Oh my God, the Hollywood Vampires! That was Alice Cooper's baseball team. I used to have a shirt of them that I wore. It's cool. Wait, we used to go watch like someone playing soccer. Was it Rod Stewart or? Yeah, I think it was Rod Stewart. 
Yeah, yeah we yeah. used to go do that. Wait, do you remember going to parties at Hernando Court? Right? Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. Hernando's place was like, uh, that was at what he had like near Crescent Heights. No, I went to his the hotel. Me too. I used to cut school. I used to, <laughs> I used to cut school because it was right near there and take the bus to Hernando's and then go up and he would order champagne from room service. And um, <laughs> and then um, we, we would take quaaludes and I used to have three ways with him and like my friend Leah Prince. Yeah. And one time I brought her over and said, we're a package deal. And then another time I climbed up <laughs> The fire escape at the at the Beverly Hills Hotel because it was right outside his window because they said um, if this is a penthouse is there anything on top of it and he said yeah there's a big one on top of this and I, I was like who lives there and he said Warren Beatty and I, <laughs> I, I climbed up the fire escape all drunk and on coiludes and I rearranged all the lawn furniture on the patio because I was That's really brilliant. into like brilliant. Charles Manson creepy crawls brilliant <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> I remember the one three way that I remember the most was with, I think it was with my friend Robin and I, I think we slept with the drummer of Queen. What was his name? Roger so Meadows. Hey, Roger I can forget someone that was that yeah, cute. He Jesus. was so cute. I went on a double date with him. I was seeing Kevin Ayers. Um, do you guys know who Kevin Ayers was from yes, South of course. Yes, of course. From yes. what? He was I'm really learning all this new shit. <laughs> I'm like the only person on earth who I think who slept with Brian Eno and Kevin Ayers because Fuck, they you would were, like taught me everything wait, I did, ever knew. What did Kevin Ayers <laughs> give you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good time. No, <laughs> it's like nah. He was he was just really um, interesting. But we went on a double day with Roger Taylor, and I couldn't. I can't remember. I think it was Orly for some reason. But I'm not sure. Yeah, that's was. possible. But I remember she, being so impressed with the first hundred dollar bottle of wine I had ever had in my life that Roger ordered. You know, <laughs> or like, was that at, <clears throat> where was that at? What was that restaurant? Uh, um, on Santa Monica, where they had the famous chili. What's it called? That really oh, Chasen's. Chasen's chili. Oh, Chasen's. Chasen's. Oh, yeah, that was Yeah, that was um. Yeah, Beverly yeah, Hills. That I think that in hindsight, I know that no, 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 it's the palm. Hundred dollar bottles of wine. Yeah, it was the palm. It was the palm, not Chase. Oh yeah, yeah, the palm. That was that was like the hoity-toity place. And Dantana's. I remember oh, that. I love Dantana's. Everyone was always at Dantana's. These were yeah. yeah and that was there was right a place on Ubidor. Sunset too. What was that place on Sunset that I just the Dome. La Dome, yeah. yeah. Well, I met Peter Gabriel, and that changed my life. I mean, I got a, I ended up getting signed to a record deal because of La Dome, because of meeting wow. Peter. I mean, that was Wait, what was that fabulous was that Japanese? Theory? Like, what was that Japanese thing that we did? It was so <laughs> wild. Crazy. Yellow Magic Orchestra. I went. Oh to yeah. I, I, Debbie Scow and I, is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah, Debbie yeah. Scow. Yeah, we had to run on stage and give this Japanese pop star flowers. Like everybody was in the audience were Japanese people who had come from Japan to see Go Hiromi play. 
and they wanted a couple of white girls to run up and do the thing. So we ended up in Music Life magazine together. But afterwards, I remember we went to a party. I think you were at the party gym with Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yeah, I was and there. These guys did not speak word of English, but it was one of the weirdest moments because we got high and we spoke just a bunch of pot or hash or whatever we had. And somebody walked in and just had a lot of attitude and was really strange. And the guy I was talking to from Yellow Magic Orchestra, I knew we had the exact same interpretation of what was going on. I felt like the veil of language had disappeared and we didn't have to talk to communicate that moment. And we just laughed. Probably one of the craziest laughs I've ever had in my life because we felt like we had gotten to this other kind of zone or something. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember that night. That Let's weird. take a little break right here and we'll be right back. we're back now so we left off at yellow magic orchestra the, with the wild party um let's talk about the tropicana you guys oh my god the tropicana motel let me just explain this to the listeners the tropicana motel was to um hollywood what the chelsea was to new york every fucking <clears throat> band you could ever imagine stayed there and um, the owners and desk people of the Tropicana were so liberal that you could just call them on your landline and they'd pick up on their landline. And I would I would always go, who's in town? And they'd say, well, 999 is in room four. <laughs> and the cramps are in room 100A. And, you know, uh, Tom Waits is home. I just saw him park his car. And, I would just go, and they would just say, like, um, you know, just uh, come on over. You know, they were so cool. And they used to, um, the Tropicana also had rooms that, that, that were called shorts, which was um, the rooms for the uh, all the male and female hookers that were abundant on Santa Monica Boulevard in those days. And there was also a really great dyke bar across the street called the Palms. And there yeah. was also the original home of Duke. So the Tropicana was like rock and roll central. And all of us have been to like, the most psychotic parties at the Tropicana. Like they even yeah, painted... I did get crabs at the Tropicana. <laughs> you could get crabs house. just by by walking by the pool at the Tropicana. You could get like that some is... kind of <laughs> they, they painted the pool black. black right? They painted the pool black <laughs> so people wouldn't see all the lawn furniture that was thrown in there every night and then it would lay rusting on the bottom. So it was like totally a diving or falling hazard. Yeah, so funny. I mean, I remember when Rockpile stayed there and we met, you know, of course we knew Rockpile because of uh, Stiff Records and everything. And uh, that was Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe. And that's, 
and the Tropicana is where Nick Lowe married Carlene Carter. They got married and, at the Tropicana? Yeah, that's when they did oh, the yeah. AstroTurf. That's when they did the AstroTurf. Oh. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they got all house proud or whatever. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the Tropicana with, I think Elvis Costello and, uh, and the attraction stayed there as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the, the everybody stayed there. The Cramps stayed there. Levi and the Rockats lived there for like a month. The monks wow. were living there. Yeah, Miss the Mercy monks. was always there. Um, I mean, everybody was. And then also the people that would just come to Duke's for, for breakfast or lunch, which was always served sort of community style. It had long tables and you just shared them. It was yeah. people from like Joni Mitchell to like, you know, like Ron Ashton. I mean, anybody you could think of from any genre of rock and roll would go there. I remember hanging out with you, Pleasant, like with the bumps. And then actually backstage pass, we went to San Francisco with them. And we opened for them at, yeah, at the Mabuhi Gardens. Yeah. So we opened like for them. Sam, Sam Wong's hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Jesus. We were I mean, staying uh, with mary monday who is this crazy san francisco oh yeah i remember mary monday yeah she stayed with us too she was in l.a yeah Yeah, so and then your boyfriend ed clay at the time i was sleeping in the closet (laughs) with us that was all right that was his bedroom we used to sleep in the closet this guy was a trip he painted his whole kitchen silver including the refrigerator the fruit the dish dryer thingy you know it was it was pretty wild and then spock said okay tonight uh nobody's going home with anybody or else so i immediately like Wait, this, this was guy. in san francisco yeah. you're not allowed to go home with people yeah no she said nobody is and i was like okay so i'm totally gonna do it you know so i met this guy robert garman and he looked like david bowie and i was like and then nobody could find me. And then the next day, uh, they found me sitting on a street corner. And then nobody would let me drive home with Spock because she was going to like kick the shit out of me. So I had to yeah. go in a different car. <laughs> but it was really crazy because I ended up in a band with Robert Garman because you ditched backstage pass. And um, then, you know, I met up with him in LA and we formed audio vidiot that right. became that was that's real oh yeah audio vidiot but wait did, jenny did you ditch backstage pass to join the screaming sirens or was that after no no that? no that was later so i i started work i was working at straight jacket and it was closing and you asked me to be in the screaming sirens because i i played guitar or whatever yeah. and um I remember we did a couple of gigs and some photo shoots. We and and we also did some recording. Yeah, and um, we played at the palace with Nick Lowe. Yeah, we opened because Nick Lowe was, a, yeah, and it was yeah. so cool because we got to plug into his equipment. And it sounded like amazing. And it wasn't our horrifying shit. Yeah, it was so good. And, you guys were um, really fun. I thought you guys were a great band. This oh, Kathy Valentine played with us that night at the palace. Yeah, Kathy. I mean, so many people that were, um, were, you know, because Fur had band. quit or something. Yeah, no, Fur quit to join the Cramps. Oh, right, right. 
just like yeah. um like everybody um i was either living with or playing with quit to join the cramps <laughs> joined the cramps yeah uh, we recorded we did that song ugly and slouchy and yeah. I, oh we should else. play that maybe i have a yeah definitely yeah and yeah, then jack shit plays that all the time who does jack shit which is Pete Thomas and Davy Farragher and Val McCollum's band. Well, we did it oh first. <laughs> <laughs> well, not first, but yeah, yeah we did Rose it a long Maddox time. and the Maddox brothers. Yeah. yeah, we. I think that was like early, late '82, early '83 when we were together. Yeah, I think it was early '83 because we we sort of started forming and like but, the end of '82. Yeah, and then, and then I went to work. People. Yeah. And, and then I went to work for Linda Ronstadt. I went to work for Linda Ronstadt right after that. Um, and then you guys went on to do really cool stuff. But um, yeah, I sort of, I just became a wardrobe stylist full time. Yeah. Yeah, your, your stuff was great. Jenny designed the amazing like fingernail gloves um, that Susie yeah. Sue wore. Yeah, and uh, actually, and that was based on last year. Yeah, yeah, right. For well, Marina and I went to Bell Book and Candle, which was so much fun at oh, the. Yes. The, uh, wait, where was that? Uh, on El Cid. El Cid. It was yeah, so where, that's good. my witchy burlesque show for anyone that's listening that doesn't know it's an. Oh my god! I show. had so much fun. We had a great night. So are you going live again soon? Yeah, we're, it's going to start up in June, except since I just had um, ankle surgery, I'm just going to be, I'm seeing the first one or two because I don't think I'm going to be ready for high heels or running up high heels and stairs or dancing at that point. But yeah, yeah, I think I went a couple times and it was like so fucking amazing. I loved it so much. Yeah. Thank you. I really want to come again. Yeah, but when you're talking about the stylist stuff, I mean, Jenny yeah. went on with Tony, well, Riviera at the time to have a straight jacket, which was just an incredible store. And you guys were doing clothes for like everyone in town and everyone coming through town. It was yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, you guys yeah I had a, I have an autograph book and like, uh, remember Split Ends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, why? Were, and I used to like just show up there, like you know, and and they were like, "Why weren't you here when we got here?" And I'm like, "Because I was sleeping," you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, everyone from like X to uh, yeah to them to Squeeze, psychedelic furs, like all kinds of like really the cramps came in you know ivy uh, so you were selling them clothes and i was selling them drugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but the first gloves that the 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 first gloves were made by tony my partner and she made them for freddie mercury well she was wearing them and he said can i can i buy those and they traded for a belt wow he gave her his uh his belt and she gave him the gloves and then he wore the one glove for like a whole tour and on um killer queen yeah uh yeah and uh of course they didn't get the glove right in the biopic at all but uh and then i made them for Susie sue 
She came in let's a straitjacket. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back. Okay, here we are again. So let's, um, what have you got? I want to find out, and I'm sure everyone else does, um, what or who you're doing. No, <laughs> what have you guys all been up to lately? Um, well, we reformed in 2018 and we played <clears throat> at the Bootleg Theater Backstage Pass, mm -hmm. and it was at uh, Radio Free Hollywood. Oh, that's right. And that's right. Yeah, so we did a few gigs after that. Yeah. We had three booked for last summer, which, of course, you know, went out the window with everything else. When uh, I noticed that, Pleasant, that you canceled uh, Bell Book and Candle, I was like, I called Marina. I was like, I can't believe Pleasant just canceled. That really means something. And then we ended up canceling because you were the that was the first thing that I noticed. And I was that's, like, yeah. That's so weird. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people said that to me, like, why are you canceling the show? And I was like, you guys, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just from the news and stuff like that, I was yeah. like, no one, some of it was like, you know, to be safe. But I mean, some of it was like, just no one's going to fucking come, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would have, but that, uh... that was so scary. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, but we noticed, I noticed that, and I was like, uh, I think we need to cancel our shows, too. And so we did. Yeah, kind of one by one. And there was some, like, interview show we were supposed to do, and they were, like, the last holdout. They couldn't believe we didn't want to be part of it. And we're like, no, we're not doing this. There's, like, a pandemic. And then it, yeah, we were supposed to play with Go Betty Go or something like that. And it was just, like... It's not happening. Thing. Yeah, uh, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to say, um, in its own weird way, I know you were sort of asking what's what people are, are doing now, moved on to. I mean, I, I feel like life, like Backstage Pass for me was like a great sort of, uh, just like a total blast. Those times were so much fun. And then life went in a thousand directions from that. You know, I, I was always really interested in like techno music and techno pop. And my next band was more in that world. And I was very into like kind of weird experimental stuff. And then I, I went into the film business for like 15, 20 years and then really just settled into being a writer and that's really been most of my life. But it's funny because during the pandemic, 
I kind of put together a music setup and been learning lots of new stuff and playing with it. And, you know, I kind of feel like things tend to go full, full circle and, uh, you know, it's kind of a blast. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of been my life. Yeah, my, yeah what did my been doing, Spock? I just wrote her. We lost her. Wait, yeah, Spock is had, not here. Did yeah, Spock had to uh, bail because uh, she's working really early tomorrow. So it's like a lot later where oh, she Oh, that's is. right. It's later yeah. in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had to bail. But um, my pandemic project has been, you know, uh, I've been a host of a, pet, a podcast called Metal Priestesses Podcast. And so it's sort of a an ode to Wendy O. Williams, you know, and the plasmatics. But uh, we've been interviewing just different uh, punk, metal, and feminist rock and roll. And uh, Marina was on the first season, um, and then she's been doing a got really busy. So um, I've been doing that, and. Um, I'm also a tarot reader like you, Pleasant. I know. It's so good. <laughs> and also Jenny does like all sorts of, she also does Reiki and she yeah. does crystals. Everyone's links will be on the um, on the episode description. So if you want to hunt any of us down and get some <laughs> magic or um, yeah. or music or, or clothing or um, get crabs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doing any in-person Reiki, I'm too afraid. I mean, my studio. I I mean, I I don't know what are what we are. I I've done it distant. I've done distance Reiki for people. Oh yeah, but- I did. I did distance everything. But someone actually a couple of weeks ago, this was the first, but not the only time it happened. Someone emailed me and said they wanted to do an in-person tarot reading. Oh, and then yeah. I said, I don't think I'm all ready for it yet. And then as I was typing that, another email came in from the person and it was with their vaccination card. And I was like, right. whoa, is this going to be yeah. a thing now? Is this like. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I had been doing readings on my porch for a while with masks and social distance. I have, you know, yeah, I have been doing those in person and I just started uh, doing, I know it's weird. Uh, most people that I've been started seeing in my studio for tarot readings are, are vaccinated, you know, but, um, but doing healings, I don't know. I don't know if I I'm ready to do that because you're hovering over somebody and I just don't know. No, I've been only doing distance healings, but I mean that, that like everyone says it works, but I I really does work in person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's I know it works. Powerful. I know it works, but some people are like, "How can you possibly do a healing on the phone?" And I was like, "It's like energy. How do you think like we can hear each other's voices on the phone? That's like it's, energy of a different kind, but it's right still going through the air." Yeah, you it, you can be anywhere because the dimension we're talking about is not location based. No. I've actually I didn't mention it, but I have become I. I know it sounds weird, but I've become like a meditation teacher and I have taught mindfulness meditation via Zoom through the pandemic, you know, and it's been pretty great, you know, but that obviously it's not personal 
close to body kind of healing, but I feel so intimately connected to the people I sit with, even though it's on Zoom. It's a weird thing. I know when I know when it's connecting. I know when it's not. I can sense every bit of it. And it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, know? I have to say yeah, that that's I, I've worked with Marina and she's totally saved my bacon a couple of times. <laughs> and I've done meditation with her. Uh, she's or I've I've uh, worked with Marina and it's such a great thing. It's so great, Marina. Um, and um, yeah. I love it. But yeah, energy healing, uh, Reiki healing, it, there's a distance symbol. So it's meant it's 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 totally set up for that, you know? And yeah, that's the same with mine. I can just like send it like across yeah. the room or across yeah. outside or on a phone because mine isn't Reiki. Mine, I yeah, can just but, always do yeah, it. Energy but. is energy, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh my God! Wait, I just saw that you're wearing a uh, my whack and roll witch shirt. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I am wearing it. Uh, I got this at Rock Roll Repeat, um, and I absolutely love it. It's, it's a picture like, for for anyone listening. It's it's like one of the craziest pictures of me ever from the '70s, and that picture happened at the um at the the punk rock fashion show that we were all in. And some, some guy, just, some, some guy said, Hey, you turn around. Then he had a camera. So I just made that face. It wasn't premeditated. And I never found out who it was until, um, when that, when this shirt was going to get made. And then, um, because there was, um, other people in England bootlegging that shirt, that picture right. of me. And then, um, like we found out who the photographer was and that he like Jenny Lenz, like, um, well, Jenny Lenz had us sign photo releases, but never merch releases. But this guy never even made me like sign a release for the photo. So, um, at rock roll or repeat, um, Josh was like worried that, uh, you know, maybe there'd be some flack over it. And I was just like, you know what, <laughs> if, if his photo agency is trying to charge you for that, I'm just going to sue them for 45 years of like not even getting a credit, let alone financial compensation. <laughs> Can we talk about the punk rock fashion show really quick? Yes, oh, of that course. Was, that was, uh, where was that at? Was that the, it was at the, the Stardust Ballroom in 1977? Oh. Was yeah. it? I thought it was the Palladium. I did too. Mm -mm. Really? When That's you crazy. are it was the Stardust Ballroom. Wow! Wow! And Blondie played, yeah. Yeah, and then wait, I just. That's when all that how to how to look punk like that girl yeah. Marley put it out. But who was she? None of us knew her. She wasn't no. like a real punk. And that was for for years. That was a source of embarrassment to me. But now we all know how sick and great and cheesy cool it is with like <laughs> me and Belinda and Helen Keller on the cover. How to look punk? Like yeah. I felt like oh my 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 fine reputation has been besmirched. <laughs> Yeah, that was so insane. Like the germs were there. And, and Everybody, the screamers oh, were there. Sherry the penguin. Yeah, yeah. Sherry the penguin. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it was uh, Trudy and Helen. Helen. Yeah. 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 That was so and those much pictures fun. are amazing from it. I mean, 
I I thought the whole thing was pretty darn strange at the time and for years after, but those pictures are incredible. It's just yeah, so yeah. And, oh, X was there, and uh, oh, I remember Faith Fuckett Minor, Farrah Fuckett Minor. She was wearing Farrah Fawcett Minor. Yeah, yeah. She was another one that minor. went on that whole Stiff Records train. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She was uh, wearing like a nurse's outfit. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, that was, was so I got together with Faye in Mexico a couple of years ago. It was so Yeah, I was yeah. in San Aldea. Yeah, day. <laughs> what? She's very spiritual now too. She, I know yeah. all of us that we just had to get our demons out. In the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I love we it. The demon children. Yeah, <laughs> and and it was so much fun. Anyway. Um, it's been so nice talking to you ladies and I'm Thank just going to kiss Spock goodbye. Like, um, mwah, bye Spock. I didn't even realize you were gone. So <laughs> I, might as, I may as well have just been drinking on, on Quaaludes. No. <laughs> Send her I will in tell you, I, yeah. I, I, I will <laughs> tell some one secret that legend is about Spock's relationship with Cozy Powell. Oh yeah. T- okay. Say that before we leave. Okay. What is it? Is that just <laughs> it? The, yeah, the song Legend is about Cozy Pal, about Spock's relationship with Cozy Pal. Oh. Spock. <laughs> yeah, that's what you yeah. get for leaving early, bitch. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But that was like one of her big loves. And then we found out when in doing my podcast, I found out that the uh, Kim from Girl School, she also went out with Cozy Pal. She's British, though. Like I'm telling you, we all went out with each other. Yeah, I know. Slept over with each other, or you know, what the heck? Yeah, (laughs) because we could. Damn it! Yeah, there you go. This is. Yeah, I remember spending the night in Graceland. Thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Who did you sleep with at Great at this Graceland, Jenny? Do you remember? Uh, Probably a girl. No, I know. That, yeah. And also just so just so listeners know when um someone was mentioning that their I think it was you Marina that their boyfriend was sleeping in a closet. Closets were a thing. Everybody slept in closets. Like Kid Congo slept in the Screamers closet. Um everybody on earth slept with each other in the Disgraceland closet. Like sometimes yeah. it was a bedroom, but most of the time it was just a big giant closet. Um yeah, my I like girls. My a favorite Disgraceland story is from there was this girl, um, this really beautiful girl that I met at a hair salon. I mean, just fucking gorgeous, knockout gorgeous. She was one of the, um, you know, one of the um, like hair hair stylists there. And um, we were I was talking about Disgraceland with somebody else, and and um, she's like, oh, Disgraceland, I've been there, and like for years, so many people would like try to act like they've been at Disgraceland, you know, and I knew that they weren't there because no matter how fucked up I was, I knew everybody that came through the door yeah. or got to know them. And and then, so I looked at her all skeptically thinking, wow, I thought she was so beautiful and nice. And now I'm having second thoughts. And I was like, oh, really? You were there? And she said, yeah. And I said, what did you do there? And I knew she was telling the truth because she said, well, there was some band from Texas there. And I said, was it Poison oh. 13? And she said, yeah. And she's like, I fucked their fat roadie on top of a pile of clothes in the closet. <laughs> and I was like, yep, she was there. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, uh, Marina and our, our place was called Courtney Crash Pad. And um, downstairs, uh, there was 
Star Stowe, who is a Playboy um, centerfold. And I used uh. to go down there. <laughs> she was pretty cute. <laughs> he was going out with Blackie. What was his name? Blackie Dammit. Blackie Dammit. Damn it. No, no, that Black. Was... No, uh, Blackie from uh, the hair metal band. Uh, oh yeah, what was he? Blackie Lawless. Yeah, Blackie Lawless. Yeah, Blackie Lawless. Yeah, when Jean Simmons dumped Star, she started going out with Blackie Lawless, and then I used to like find my way into Star's bedroom every now and then too. <laughs> But um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! We 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 should we should you know what we should have another podcast on with a whole <laughs> bunch of girls we know from the eighties and just do all of this kind of stuff. But maybe we should do sadly, that. On she was, sadly, she was sadly Star was <laughs> murdered a long time ago. Sadly, yeah. but um, no, a lot of there's a lot of people. She was quite beautiful. Like yeah, she, she was, was gorgeous. Quite, yeah, Star. But you are gorgeous now, and so are you, Marina. Thank you. Talking to you girls. I love you. Love you too. You guys, that was the ladies of Backstage Pass. Ladies, I use the term loosely, but boy, are they amazing women. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you all next time on The Devil's Music. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.